Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. family and uh, man if you guys got your bibles head over to john chapter 10 john 10 is uh, where we're gonna be today and uh, i do just want to you know give you a heads up this is the final week of our controversial jesus series and i planned to go on vacation tomorrow and so uh <laughs> so here's my i'm gonna preach this one last uh, controversial message and then i'm leaving town and so it's that's my plan man and uh, re- really excited to, uh, to get into this with you. I do just want to say this before I, before I get in. We're going to get straight into this guy today. Um, I do just want to say something reflecting back on this series. And uh, what I want to say to you, uh, Lake Point family, is I'm proud of you. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really proud of you. You know, um, but kind of this thing is that we, we always, our commitment to you is to always preach the truth of the scriptures. But you get to determine what you do with it. And uh, what I'm proud of is that uh, what I've learned is that this is a church who you receive truth and you live it with grace. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Just thank you so much, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. All right, well, hey, um, here's where I'm going today. And uh, let me set it up like this. Um, like I said a second ago, I, my job is to tell you what the word says and you get to decide what to do with it. So every single week I'm teaching and some people are uh, receiving, some people are rejecting, some people are accepting, some people are uh, opposing. Um, and I, I don't control that. But what I can control is I, I'm pre, for people who disagree, reject, resist um, what is said uh, from the scriptures, what I am aiming for is for you to at least have in the future a Pastor Josh told me the truth moment. And so like, for instance, um, somebody that just rejects, you know, some of the things that I say and that I warn you about, about life to be found in Christ and that kind of thing. Um, But then you keep going down a road of addiction and alcoholism and you end up like, man, at rock bottom and you lose everything. In that moment, my goal is that somebody goes, man, Pastor Josh was telling the truth. Um, or if somebody's like, man, they, they reject like anything that we're teaching about marriage and family and all this stuff, the importance of these things and the dangers of these things, that kind of thing. And that, that some, but you continue down it and you end up stepping out on your spouse and it started with a little fun and it ends up with some other dude tucking your kids into bed at night. That in that moment, like you'll at least go, man, Pastor Josh told me the truth. Um, or it's like, man, when you make the heinous decision to buy your first pet cat. And you're like, man, like a few weeks later, you regret the decision. I at least want you to be able to go like, man, Pastor Josh was telling me the truth. And so here's where I'm going at today, man. Where, I, where I'm going today is should you ever 
stand before God for judgment outside of faith in Jesus. No one will be able to say, man, Pastor Josh never told me the truth after this message. So today um, we're, we're concluding this series talking about what is culturally called the exclusivity of Christ or the claim that Jesus made that he was the only way to God. Now, we're gonna answer some questions that a lot of people have. Hey, what about other religions? Um, Hey, what about people who have never heard about Jesus or were born before Jesus? What about those people? I'm gonna answer those questions from the Bible, but let's just get at it. We're gonna go straight at it. Let me read you some scriptures that establish that Jesus said that he was the only way to God. Okay, let me start right here. This is John 14, six. It says this. Jesus said, you say the yellow words out loud with me. I am the way and the truth and the life. He did not say I am a way, a truth and a life. He did not say I am one choice of uh, one one choice of a way, a one choice of a truth, one choice of a life. He said I am the way, the truth, the life. And Jesus, y'all, Jesus was smart enough. He knew this would be controversial, so he immediately followed it up with a double down clarifying statement, and he said, "Hey." nobody comes to the Father except through me. That if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. And to know God is to know Jesus. And those things are never separate. They can't be separated. Okay, now um, let, let me do another one. Uh, this, uh, this next one is from the book of Acts. Now, before I read it, this is the apostle Peter preaching to a bunch of people in the Greco-Roman world who worshiped other gods. And he declared to them the life-saving message of Jesus. And then he said, there is no other name No other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. Now, I just want to speak to you in a really straightforward way. People hate these things. Some pastors avoid teaching these things. Some Christians renounce these things. But Jesus said these things. And who will you trust more than Jesus? Now, this immediately leads to this question. There is no other name among heaven given among men uh, which, uh, by which you must be saved. This immediately leads to the question, well, but Josh, wh- what about all the other religions? If you're saying that, then what are they? Where do they come from? Like, do they, uh, like, do they lead to some truth, some way, some life? Or, or how does this work? Now, this is the spot in the sermon where I'm getting ready to say a few things that are politically incorrect, but they're biblically correct. And here, here's where I'm going, is that we, listen, we, our commitment to you is to teach the truth and we wanna take everything in our whole lives just like Jesus did and ask, is it backed up by the word of God? So if I ever teach you something that is not backed up by the word of God, you should not accept it. But if I ever say anything and it is backed up by the word of God, you can't reject it. So let's ask this question, what about other religions? Now, <clears throat> before I answer this question, you're gonna go, oh, this guy's tinfoil hattie, you know, he's a little kooky. Before I answer this question, there's a biblical principle you have to understand in order to receive this, uh, the answer to this question. Now, here's the biblical principle. I say this all the time, but let me, I'm gonna show it to you in a unique way today. Whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. That God is the author of life and truth. The Bible says God cannot lie. Satan is, the Bible says, a deceiver, the father of lies, and that when he lies, he speaks his native language. That's what Satan does. That, that I always say, I say this to you all the time. 
God has a wonderful plan. Uh, uh, God has a plan to bless you. Satan has a plan to curse you. Ultimately, you get to decide which plan you're on. Satan's entire goal is to deceive you away from the way, the truth, and the life. And watch this. He does that by creating counterfeits. A counterfeit is a lie that looks like the truth. So whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. Now, uh, if you, I'll show this to you in the scripture. I, I, I could literally do, I don't know, 50 or 60 examples of this. I'm just gonna give you a few. Whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. God sends the Holy Spirit. Satan is an evil spirit who has unholy spirits the Bible calls demons. Whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. Uh, you remember Jesus said this. Jesus said that, um, he said that the world is like soil The word is like seed, that he is like a gardener scattering the seed, and that whenever the seed takes root, he used the analogy that believers are like wheat that grows up. But then remember what he said Satan does. Satan comes in, this is Jesus, y'all. Satan comes in and he says, Satan uh, seeds the field with tares. Do you know what a tare is? A tare is a weed that looks exactly like wheat for the first part of its growth cycle. So he does this to create confusion. Whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. God sends, fal- or God sends prophets and teachers. Satan counterfeits with false prophets and false teachers. God sent Jesus Christ. Someday, Satan will counterfeit Jesus Christ by raising up an antichrist. Now, let me do the last one. Whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. God created a door to life. His name is Jesus. Satan counterfeited with all these other counterfeit doors that lead to death, those are all the other religions. This is what the Bible teaches, that his whole goal is to create confusion, to keep you from walking through the one door that leads to life. His strategy is to create counterfeit lies that look like the truth, all all these other religions to get you you, uh, going in that way. Now, I will say this, I kind of hate talking about religions in the same sentence as Jesus. And here's why I hate it. I know it's Christianity is categorized as religion. I hate doing that. Because religion is God's attempt to get to man. Jesus was God's, uh, was God. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Jesus is God's attempt to get to man. Very different, okay? Now, this is the spot where, here's, here's what you may be saying. You may be going, wait a second, Josh. So are you saying that all the other religions aren't spiritual? That there's, you know, they're all just sort of made, they're just spiritual. No, 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 listen to me. They absolutely are spiritual. They're empowered and, and originated in evil spirits the Bible calls demons. This is the Bible teaching. Now, this is a spot where you're like, man, this is a little kooky. You know, take, take off your tinfoil hat, Josh. Let me just show this to you in the Bible. I mean, again, just show this to you in the Bible. Now, the passage I'm getting ready to read, this is 1 Corinthians 10, 20. Again, the apostle Paul is speaking to a bunch of Romans who they had worshiped a bunch of other gods and other religions. They converted to Christianity, and here's what they were doing, what a lot of people do right now in America, is they were going, well, I, I do like Jesus, but I, you know, I think there's probably some, some good wisdom in all these other things, so I'm gonna do Jesus, and I'll make him my primary, but then I'm also gonna keep doing a little of this and a little of that, okay? Now, here's what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 10, 20. No, but the sacrifices of pagans, and that wasn't a derogatory term in, in first century Rome, that's what they called themselves. The sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. He's saying all these people, when they worship these other gods, they think they're worshiping another god. Actually, that's a demon. 
Um, actually, this is restated a second time. I think it's in the book of 1 Timothy, where Paul says, in the latter days, people will follow the teachings of demons. And he's referring to other religions and legalistic forms of Christianity. Now, th- th- this is just what the Bible teaches. Now, if you're in my generation and down, um, there's, a, there's a, a statement that's become like really popular. And here's what people say, and I wanna warn you against this. People say, well, I'm not necessarily a Christian, um, I'm just, I'm a spiritual person. I'm just a spiritual person. I'm just, I just want to be spiritual. Now, can I just say something with a bit of an edge to it? Do you know who really, really, really wants you to be a spiritual person? Satan. Satan wants you to be a spiritual person because if you're open to all spirits, then you're open to his evil demonic spirits. See, this, now, this is why, I'm going to show you, again, I'm just showing to you stuff in the Bible. This is why the Bible says this, watch this, this is from 1 John 4. He says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Instead, what we're supposed to do is test the spirits. In other words, don't be a spiritual person that's just open to any spirituality because there are holy spirits and unholy spirits. So don't do that. Don't believe every spirit. Instead, what I want you to do is you need to test the spirits because you need to see whether they're from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Don't be a spiritual person. Test the spirits. Now, here's the obvious question. How do I do that? (laughs) How do I know which spirits are from God and which spirits are from Satan? Well, he answers that question in the next verse. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is God. And watch this, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Did you see it? Now, now let me, again, a lot of times I wanna help you see how these spiritual realities play out in the natural on earth. So did you see that? He said, here's how you're gonna know which spirits are from God is the spirit of this teaching or is that spirit leading you to worship Jesus Christ, God made flesh? If yes, the spirit's from God. If not, it's from Satan. Now, do you know why that is? It, it, it is let, me just, uh, let me boil something down for you. Because Satan's whole goal, he'll do anything. He'll create any number of counterfeits to keep you from walking through the only door that can lead to life. Now, can I, again, can I just point something out to you? Why do you think it is in our culture, that in like pop culture or media, you know, sort of like just generally accepted teaching, adherence to any other religion is like cool and avant-garde and it needs to be respected and honored. But if you're a Bible-believing Christian that believes that, that worships Jesus, that's like not cool and it's opposed and sort of mocked. Do you know why that is? Guys, this is really obvious because Satan is okay with you walking through any door, any of the other doors that don't lead to life. He'll, he'll support that. He will oppose the one door that actually does lead to life. His name is Jesus. That's why that stuff plays itself out like this in the world. Now, I do just want on the spot, people ask me a lot of times, like I, a lot of times like Instagram DMs, that kind of thing. They'll ask, hey, um, Pastor Josh, like, I think this is probably like not a good idea, but I just wanna ask, what about things like Ouija boards and tarot cards, fortune tellers, horoscopes? That people will ask it like this, is that stuff real? Yes, it's real. It's really demonic, really demonic. Okay, so let me just say this, man. Like, don't do tarot cards. Don't do fortune tellers. Don't mess with horoscope. Listen, you wanna know your future? That's your future, right there. This is your future. 
That's it, man. You, you know it right here. Don't, don't do that stuff, okay? Now, let me read you the third verse that just says, Jesus is the only way to God. This is John 10, 9. Jesus said, I am the door, not a door, the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So point number one, let me just make it very clear. Nobody enters except through this door and his name is Jesus. Now, this is the spot where all the objections start rising up, the controversy. And here's the controversy. Some of you right now, especially if you're like just kicking the tires on faith, you're asking a legitimate question. Here's what you're doing. You're kind of going like, ah, man, it just feels so exclusive. It's like intolerant. It's, it's not affirming, that kind of thing. Now, if you're looking at that, you're like, man, there's only one door. God put a door and you got to walk through that door to get in. That's exclusive. Can I just gently and lovingly point out your raging hypocrisy really quick? Can I do that? Okay. Now, here, here's what I mean, okay? So for you, you're looking at what I just said, and you're going, that's exclusive, a door, and you have to walk through that door? Let me ask you this question. What's on the front of your house? A door. Hypocrite! Hypocrite! Listen, man, if you want to do this and take the, man, the only thing that matters is inclusivity. Listen, if you want to do that, go home, take your front door off its hinges, practice tolerance, inclusivity, and affirmation. Let anybody in your house at any hour of the day, no matter what they want to do to your wife and children, and then I'll take you seriously. See, listen, when a strong dad, hang on, hang on, you'll have your your moment in a second. When a strong dad puts a locked door on the front of his house, Does he do that out of love or hate? Love. He does it because he loves his family and he would never let anyone into his house that would harm his kids. That's why you moved to Texas where there's open carry. That's why you did that. You did. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. A little too loud right there. A little too loud. So here we go. Listen, let me bring all this analogy down. Guys, God is a father. Heaven is his home and God loves his kids. So heaven has a door. Jesus is that door. Jesus is that door. Now, let me, let me respond in a second way to the controversy around, well, this claim is exclusive. If you're going, man, that's too exclusive. Oh, let me, let me just gently say, you've been misinformed. Every single religion and ideology the world has ever seen is exclusive, all of them. I wish I had time to go through to each one. I don't have time. Guys, Buddhism is exclusive. Islam is exclusive. Even agnosticism is exclusive because it excludes people who say that they know. Listen, all of them are exclusive, but listen to me. Every religion and ideology is exclusive, but Jesus is the most inclusive exclusivity that the world has ever seen. Here's why he's inclusive, because watch this, point number two. Anybody who gets in who passes through the door of Jesus Christ. There's a word you're going to see over and over and over in the Bible. It's one of my favorite words, the word whosoever. Whosoever believes in me will not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever. Anybody that walks through the door is in. I want you to think about these two words when it comes to a door. The words any and only. This is interesting about a door. So the word only, when, uh, when there's a door on a room... The only way to get into the room is to pass through the door, only. That's exclusive. But watch this. There's something radically inclusive about a door. It's the word any. Anyone who passes through the door enters into the room. 
See, in some religions, it is preferable that you be of a certain race, ethnicity, or people group in order for you to sort of be in with God and inheritor, inheritor of his promises. But in Christianity, there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. All are welcome to pass through the bloodstained door of Jesus Christ. Man, in, in some religions, it's, it's preferable that like you learn Hebrew or Aramaic or that you know a particular language so that you can understand Revelation in the exact language that it was received. And that's how you kind of understand and get in. But in Christianity, every tribe and tongue will worship before the throne of the narrow door himself, Jesus Christ. In some religions, it's uh, preferable that you be smart and studious or of a certain intellectual capacity so that you can understand really complicated things and sort of reason your way in. But in Christianity, God has chosen what is weak and foolish in the world to shame what is wise. In other religions, it's preferable that you be wealthy or, or, or of a certain affluence or socioeconomic level so that you can pay to make pilgrimages to holy sites and gain sort of acceptance points with God or to buy uh, expensive seats on high holy days. Or in some religions, if I may use that word exceedingly loosely, like Scientology, you can pay large amounts of money to go through layers of teaching and training and cleansing. But in Christianity, the rich and the poor, the upwardly mobile and the down and out are welcome to pass through the door of Jesus Christ. You see, some of you, some of you, here's what you're saying. Maybe you're not a Christian yet. You're like, you're actually wrestling with these things and you're going, well, here's what I've always believed. I just believe that all good people of every religion should go to heaven. All good people of any religion should go to heaven. My friend, listen to me. I love you, but listen. If you believe all good people of every religion should go to heaven, you have the most exclusive claim that has been said. Because do you know who that excludes? All good people of every religion? It excludes bad people. It excludes sinners. It excludes you. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But in Christianity, whether you've been good or bad, righteous or unrighteous, no matter what you've done, are doing, or will do, everyone is welcome to come to Jesus Christ, friend of tax collectors and sinners. Everybody, everywhere. So listen, let me just boil all this down. You gotta get this. Every religion and ideology is exclusive. But Christianity is the most inclusive and least complicated. Watch, because in Christianity, you don't have to do anything. You simply have to believe someone. That's all you got to do. That's it, man. So we need to get this, all right? Now, this leads to this question, okay? And this is a fair question. Okay, well, Josh, but what about people who have never heard? But if Jesus is the only door, okay, that's great. Anybody can walk through. But what about people who have never heard? Now, before I answer this question, here's a biblical principle you gotta get. Whenever you're asking a question from the Bible, you've gotta filter the answer to the question through the character of the person who wrote the Bible, that's God. So let me tell you a few things before I answer the question. Let me tell you a few things that I know about God. Number one, God is good. I know that God is good. Uh, Psalm 86, five, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all who call on you. God's good. Hey, here's the second thing I know about God. God is just. That's really what struggle with. Some of you are like, man, what I'm struggling with is that some people might be judged by a knowledge they never had. Well, hey, calm down. God is just. God is just. Now, I'm getting ready to read you 
a verse that is a little logically complicated. Just stick with me. In Romans 2.12, Paul is answering the question, will people be judged according to laws and standards that they never had? So what about people who they never heard about the Ten Commandments? They never heard about God's law. You know, how are they going to be judged by God? Well, watch this. This is Romans 2.12. Listen. Listen real close. Paul says, all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. In other words, what Paul's saying is, God's going, I'm not gonna judge you by a standard that you weren't aware of. To put this a fine point on it, he's saying, each person is responsible for the amount of revelation they received. God is just, God is fair. Let me tell you a third thing I know about God. God is love. That's the most important thing. God is love. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, (laughs) there it is, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not, watch this, send his son into the world to to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In other words, God loved the world so much, he started seeking for this, the Bible says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Okay, now, um, do you guys remember, I've got a couple analogies in this message to help you. Do you remember when we were kids, the game we used to play, um, I still play it with my kids, hide and seek. Remember hide and seek? And now, here's how God has set it up. Uh, what happens is we hide, God seeks. We hide, God seeks. Think about in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sin. And then the first thing uh, Adam and Eve do is they hide. But then after that, um, does Adam go looking for God or does God go looking for Adam? You see, we hide, God seeks. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Now check this out, okay? God is seeking people. And because he is seeking people, the Bible says he has, he reveals himself in some way to every person. Watch this. Let me just put a bow on it. Because God is good, just, and loving, there is a pattern of him revealing himself to people who sincerely want to know him. Jeremiah 29, 13. But you will, uh, you will, when you, you will find me whenever you seek me with all of your heart. See, God does this. Now, I'm going to read you some, ver- We're gonna, I'm going to give you a lot, I'm giving you a lot of Bible. And listen, I give you a lot of Bible because I'm assuming if you got up early on your day off, you took the showers early, you got the kids ready, you got all dressed up, you did breakfast, you actually wanted to hear the Bible, okay? So I'm gonna give you a lot of Bible. Let me give you another example. This is Psalm 98 two. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to who? The nations, the nations, okay? Now this next one, if you want to go home and study a verse, this is your, this is your study assignment. Romans 1, 18 through 20 is the most relevant passage in the Bible on this question. It's not just God's righteousness he's revealed, it's his wrath also. Watch this. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. Like he's going, man, there are some things about God that everyone everywhere has been given revelation to. Now you may go, well, how and where? Verse 20 answers that question. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, not hard to see, have been clearly seen, 
being understood from what has been made. In other words, it is not hard to look out at this universe and look at all of it and kind of go, man, somebody designed this. Somebody, this right here, by the way, is why archaeologists and sociologists have, think about this, have never discovered ever a society that did not have some form of religion or concept of God in their society. Why? Because it's clearly seen from what has been made. God's revealed his reality. Watch this, so that people are without excuse. That's Romans 1. Now, we see this pattern of God revealing himself to people sometimes even when they don't have access to a Bible or know anything about Jesus. Think about this. In Acts chapter 10, there was a good moral guy named Cornelius, not a Christian. He's on his rooftop praying. He wants to know God. God sees he's sincerely seeking me. So God sends the apostle Peter to go reveal to Cornelius the one door he can pass through, Jesus, and then Cornelius and all his household are saved. That, that doesn't just happen in the Bible. This is, y'all, this is happening like real life in the world today. A rising number of Muslims, and you gotta know this, a lot of Muslims are humble, earnest, genuine people who genuinely wanna know God. And you're hearing these stories, more and more stories about Muslim people who Jesus is appearing to them and revealing himself in, in, in dreams and visions and them coming to Christ. If you want a really fun read, it's a book called Dreams and Visions by an American missionary named Tom Doyle, spent 11 years in the Middle East, compiles 25 eyewitness stories of exactly this, Jesus revealing himself to people in dreams and visions. I'll give you one that I've actually heard uh, personally. There was a, a Christian apologist I had a chance to meet at a conference years and years ago, and he would travel around internationally and uh, uh, teach people about the one way, Jesus, in cultures that didn't accept him yet. So he was in a country that uh, went unnamed for safety reasons, a country that was more than 99% Muslim. And so he's there, and when he gets there, sort of the people hosting him say, dude, there's this guy you gotta meet. So he meets this man, and uh, he, hey, tell me a story. The man goes on to explain that he was raised in another country that was 99% Muslim. He and both of his brothers were in the military. One of his brothers was actually a general. And this guy was in this uh, military and he said they taught him two things. You gotta bookmark these in your head, two things. One, how to kill without feeling. And number two, how to make fake passports. Kill without feeling, make fake passports. He goes on and he starts explaining that one day it started and for seven years, nearly every night, he had a dream of Jesus appearing to him in his dream. And it became just so heavy in his heart that he finally came to his mother and told his mom like, hey, about these dreams. And she said, well, you gotta leave the country. And he said, whoa, mom, I'm not like talking about converting to Christianity. I'm just telling you about the dreams. She said, yeah, but if your brothers find out, they'll kill you. And so he left the country. When he goes to another country, he finds a Chinese businessman. By the way, the other country was not China. A Chinese businessman. The Chinese businessman was a Christian, shared with him the gospel, salvation in Jesus. He came to Christ, was saved, and by the time this Christian apologist met him, he was back at a seminary training to be a missionary to go back to his home country. Now, uh, it just so happened that this Christian apologist asked him sort of offhanded the question. He was like, well, how are you gonna get back in to your country. And he said, I make fake passports. You know, that's it. it. Now, here's what I'm driving at, okay? Listen, we just need to boil all this down, three points. So here's what we said. We said, if nobody gets in except through this door, 
And then number two, anybody that gets in who walks through the door, well then guess what? We have to tell everybody about the door. Like that's why we exist. We gotta tell everybody. We gotta tell everybody about this door that salvation is found in Jesus. Now I wanna make this very, very practical to you. Okay, really, really practical. Okay, on your way out, I wanna speak first to Christians and then two, I wanna speak to you if you're wrestling with this decision. So first, if you're a Christ follower, okay, on your way in, you got these little, these impact cards. Go ahead and grab these real quick. And if you didn't get one, you need to get one on the way out. It says impact card. Now, on the back of this card, you'll see it on the screen. You're gonna see three lines on this card. Here's why we do this. It's impossible to hit a target that you have not defined. So on the back of this card, here's what I'm asking you to do is to write the names. Jana and I do this. It's on our, uh, our little bathroom mirrors to write the names of three people in your life that you will pray for every day for God to open a door for you to share Christ with. Three names. Now, here's what I'm asking you to do, is just begin praying, God, open a door for me to share the love of Christ with this person. Now, again, what me and Janet do, we stick it on our little uh, bathroom mirrors, and so every morning and evening we see them, and it's just quick prayers. Lord, open a door for me today to share the love of Christ uh, with this person. Okay, so I want want you to do this. Now, you also need to know we are coming up on a time in the year at Lake Point that is, it's not even close. It is the highest salvation time in Lake Point's entire calendar year, and it's coming up in July. Now, if if you've ever been up, we do something in July. We we never do it. If you're new to Lake Point, I need to prepare you because you may get caught off guard. In July, we do a series, and if you've ever been a part of it, let them know you like it, uh, called At the Movies. Y'all like At the Movies? Y'all like At the Movies? Okay. In July, we do this series starting on July 15th. You'll see it. Now, here's what this is. If you're new to Lake Point, I need to prepare you. We want to do what Jesus did. Jesus used uh, stories, parables, uh, to, to, to share the love of, illustrate biblical truths. We do the same thing. We take modern day stories, movies, and for four weeks, we do something we don't do any other time of the year. We use these movies to illustrate biblical truths. And what we do, if you've never been around, is it's, you have to see it to understand it, is we take four movies and use these movie clips, and I kind of preach in between the movie clips, and we use them to illustrate biblical truths. And we really go all out for this, man. We, we deck out the lobbies at all of our campuses. You get Cokes and popcorns on your way in to services for those four weeks. We got, uh, we, we, we've got all your kids' favorite movie characters wandering the halls, that sort of thing. It's really awesome. But here's why we do it. Because we will do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. And in order to reach people nobody's reaching, we have to do things that not everybody else is doing. And so, th- listen, you gotta know this. This is specifically designed to be something that you can invite a lost friend to and they'll be like, oh, that sounds cool. And, and they, listen, they will like it. We will see more salvation in those four weeks than in the next four months combined. So listen, that's it. Just be ready at the movies is coming. Now, I wanna talk to a second group, uh, a second category of person. Some of you are here right now. And here's what you think, man. Um, what you think is you're like, man, I kinda am realizing I need to walk through the door. Uh, of, of Jesus. But what you think is that if you were to like open the door, if you were to just sort of crack it, what you think God would do is he would like peer through the door and see it was you and just like slam it in your face. Because of like what you've done or what you're doing right now, or like maybe, maybe like, you know, what you've believed. And, and that's what you think. 
Um, but, but listen, that, that's not what he's gonna do. In fact, look, look at what Jesus himself says in the book of Revelation. Look at what he says. He just says like this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and he goes, I'm knocking, I'm knocking. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and eat with him and he with me. And so he says he's knocking. And, so, and some of you, like, here's your reality right now, is you're at a spot in your life where you're like, man, God's, God's knocking. And it, it, for some of you, it's small. It's just like there's this rising desire in you. And it's, it's more like this. It's quiet. For some of you, it's not quiet at all. It's like every time you come to Lake Point, like something is trying to come kind of bubble up inside of your chest. And it's like, like God's knocking. And here's what you need to know. If you were to open this door, here's what God would actually do is you would open it and you would find him with open arms. He'd step through and he'd go, man, big hug. Welcome home. Welcome home, man. Come home. This is what he said. And so, so, so listen, that's what God wants to do with you. Now, I, I want to give you a chance to walk through that door today. And so, man, um, if you're realizing that you need to cross a line of faith and give your life to Christ, would you do this? At all of our locations, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're realizing you need to cross a line of faith, would you just pray this prayer with me from a sincere heart? Just pray, God, I know I'm a sinner. And that I have lived for other things besides you first. Pray this. But I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that somehow, in some way, the cross counted for me. And I believe that you rose from the dead and that you live to give life to all who call on your name. Now pray this from a sincere heart. From this day forward, as best as I know how, I will live for you first. I receive the free gift of salvation apart from anything I've ever done or will ever do. Thank you, God, for adopting me as a son or a daughter. Now keep keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. And if you prayed that prayer um, to cross a line of faith, here in a second, um, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in the air. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything else. You don't have to come down front. I'm not, not gonna do anything weird. I just want you to raise your hand. And here's why I do that. Because I believe that something solidifies in you spiritually when you respond physically. So if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand high in the air to say, yeah, count that, that prayer, I want it to count for me. Okay, one, God loves you. Two, you came here for a reason today. Three, raise your hand in the air right now. Right now. Man, don't, don't ever let someone make you ashamed of what God's doing in your life. Right now, man, high, lock that elbow. Like, man, yes, I'm coming home. Man, I'm in. I'm trusting Jesus. Wow, man, wow. Man, amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m., and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. digital.